And now the moment we've all been waiting for. I am Nate Riggle, and you are listening to The Way of the Bonfire. All right, today we're talking about something near and dear to my heart. It's a principle that really covers how it matters how you get there. Or in other words, you know, people talk a lot about you. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey or you have to enjoy the journey. And then the destination is just sort of an afterthought as, as long as you're enjoying the journey. But what does that really mean? And a big part for me and for what I've seen in the world and with others around me is the way that you travel is what matters. The way that you treat others on this journey. If you think about a time you've ridden in the car with somebody or on a plane or whatever it is, or you've, you've gone on a long hike, it's tough when people are, you know, being difficult, jumping in front of you in the line, you know, when it's not their turn or just trying to have it easier um, at the expense of everyone else. And not really being a great travel buddy. <laughs> and so what we're talking about today is is this idea of, you know, what matters on this journey as in the way that we inter- interact with others, the way that we interact with ourselves. And I think about this word, uh, you know, a lot of people claim to to understand what this word means. It makes me think of that that line from Princess Bride. Um, you know, and they say you got to have integrity or there's no lapses in integrity. And all I can think is you keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. (laughs) Um, so integrity, you know, I'll do another episode on that, but you know, it, it also matters that you have, that you're honest, that you do what you say you're going to do and that you can count on yourself and you don't break promises and and the things that matter to you as you travel through this life. Things like love and kindness go so much further than just trying to sprint ahead or be the strongest person. I think a big one is self-awareness and humility. Realizing that you'll always have so much you can improve upon. And that's a good thing. Because it means the game's not over. And... We get to to have the joy of, of progressing as we look inwardly and say, "Okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of got a lot of cracks and broken pieces here that I, that I can replace here, and it's going to be cool once I get it fixed and upgrade." Another piece is empathy, not just feeling bad for others and happy for yourself that you're not in their position, but being there with others in their mind and their heart, and and doing what's right regardless of the consequences. I think those are the big ones for how we should travel and the ones that have made the journey enjoyable for me. One thing that I, that I want to really cover here is that in this world, it's all about, <laughs> you, it's easy to be tricked into thinking it's all about winning. Um, another, uh, you keep using that word. I, I do not think it means what you think it means <laughs> because winning at all costs is not winning. It's losing. It's justifying 
all your little shortcuts and your half truths. And I say you, but I mean, we or all of us and broken promises uh, as if you, you had no other choice. And, you know, uh, if, when, when we lie to ourselves and say, in the end, it got me to the top so I can be a good person and help others in bigger ways now. That's a lie. I think of this, this hilarious movie where the guy says, what would you do if you had a million dollars, Peter? And he says, I probably do nothing because he's tired of his corporate <laughs> job and, and his, and a, lot, a lot of things in his life where he's, he's sick of being forced to do things that make him miserable. And his, his roommate says, well, dang, Peter, you don't got to be broke to do nothing. My cousin Eddie's broke. Don't do crap. <laughs> and I think that illustrates like that, that money isn't necessary to do a lot of the things that we do. That's it's not the main driver. It's, it's a useful, you know, element and a necessary element of gasoline to help us go further. Um, but if you think about, it, you don't have to be broke to do nothing. And the lies we tell ourselves where we're saying, you know, I, I, okay, I did this one little bad thing or I, I kind of cheated a little bit here, but it was for the greater good or in the end, it's going to make everybody else better and happier. And now I have all this money and success and I can do all these things. I can help others in bigger ways. Now you don't have, you also don't have to be rich to do good and be fulfilled. And I think about, you know, when you think about the people that really go and, and try to lead in this world and um, in good to great, it says there's managers and there's leaders. And it's, and, and from my perspective, inspiring confidence, it's an art. And I believe you should let your work and your, reputa your reputation speak for itself. It's so easy to try to make Everyone believe that you are qualified to lead because of your numbers, your trophies, your titles, uh, what else, your status, who you know. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. When you meet a, somebody that's kind of an elitist and they, they just sit there and drop, name drop constantly, or, or, or you, you kind of got this smug feeling about you know, how, much, how much you have in your bank account, all these things, conspicuous consumption, and all this stuff you have. Um. Yeah, I think that should be a red flag for any of us. If if those are the things that we talk most about and we're constantly reminding people of to try to gain credibility, um, there may be some space for that for credibility, but deep in our hearts, we don't care. No one really cares about all that junk. We care that you can do what you say you're going to do. And so... If you need to do a little blip on that, then fine. But inspiring others is more about helping them see the greatness that they have. Not harping on what you have done or reminding everyone constantly why we should follow you because of these achievements. The great ones don't have to say anything to prove their value. I truly believe that. And people will treat you like you are so amazing. I've been, I've been at the top a couple of times, several times. But it, it, the, the point is, is that 
I don't, I, I did, I wasn't happy because of where I was or where I am at any given time from a status or money or achievement standpoint. Because people will treat you like you're this amazing friend and they want to hitch themselves to your wagon. If you have any of these highly desired things, if you're on this podcast looking for how to be successful and revered and get glory by everyone, you've come to the wrong place. Again, respect is another complicated word. It's one of those where it can be taken in several ways and applied in several ways. But the duality of how it's given, respect, is given, can be used to help you see what you really want. And not just what you think you want, or what others insist you should want, or to cover the very convincing counterfeit versions of fulfillment. The way that you are respected and you gain respect is everything and understanding how to get there because you can be respected because of others are talking as my old man used to say to your chair and I would add your wallet. They want to be around that influence. He used to say, you know, when you're in a position of, of power and influence and status, he was a VP at, you know, at uh, a big television conglomerate. He says, you, re- you start to realize that a lot of people are just talking to your chair. I think he used to say 75%. And then when he retired, he said, actually, now I'm starting to think it's about 90% of people are talking to your chair. So that's sort of this counterfeit respect that comes. I, I learned this word sycophant. I'm not, I don't have like this massive vocabulary, but sycophant is basically, they throw it around a lot in politics, but it, it what it means is these are flatterers and, you know, people that are buddy up to you just so they can be near, either they're afraid of you and what you, you could do to ruin their career or whatever it is, or they want to use your status to help them climb. Um, And they're usually not very honest in the way that they speak with you. And so basically you've surrounded yourselves with these people that are (laughs) just saying what you need to hear, giving you lip service. And it can feel kind of cool, especially if they get really good at it. But the other option is you can have true respect, which is gained by who you are and how you treat everyone you interact with. Are you this radiating bonfire that people can come and feel rest and warmth and light in the darkness? And yes, in this life, you may think, it's necessary and it's it's going to be the fact where you're you're gonna have both. And maybe you think to yourself, maybe we think 
I do have both and it's maybe 50, 50 and I'm doing pretty good at increasing the other side of, you know, people truly respecting me. But remember my dad's example, he said 75% and then he realized the truth when, when he lost his power and standing more like 90%. So you're in serious danger of getting out of touch if you feel like you got this figured out. Because I think it's an ongoing process. You're either grandstanding and overestimating the value of your accomplishments, or you're overestimating why others are treating you with this admiration. You want these sycophants, or do you want friends and allies and people that feel like family? The truth is, with some people, you just may never know the real reasons of their actions and behaviors in a lot of cases, but you will know how you measured yourself. And your heart will be full if you are happy about the way that you're measuring yourself. And some of the people who truly love you, they'll remind you whether you're doing good or bad. (laughs) I'm not a model citizen for either great success as the world sees it or greatness in how I live and love. But that's part of being on the way, being a student of this. And the one thing that I am very grateful for that God's given me is I'm an obsessive observer and I've seen this play out over and over again in human nature and in the pattern of the world and different groups of people. And the, the pattern and consistency I can say is undeniable. Part of the reason I started this podcast as I turned 40, um, my wife did this cool thing where she gave me, she had all these people in my life that, you know, I feel like are the good ones that that truly love me. And they, she had them send me messages and she went out of her way to, to kind of do this thing for my birthday when I turned 40. And I, she put this cool quote by Carl Jung on there. And I don't remember it exactly. I'm shooting from the hip a little bit today, but the gist of it was, We don't start living until we turn 40 because the first 40 years is just research. And Gary Vaynerchuk, the way he put it is, you haven't failed. You've just learned. You just spend the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years learning what not to do. And I feel like I've done a pretty, that is one thing that I've done really well in life is is I've done research. I've paid attention and I've looked at, (laughs) I've looked at the way things work. And I've seen people try to pretend like it's different and try to pretend like their little narrative or their story that they're telling is really how this is how the currency in the world, um, that it's all just hustle and hard work. And the other side of it does is, is kind of an afterthought or they, they say it as a platitude, right? They'll say, Oh, we care about culture, blah, blah, blah. But then it's not, there's no proof in the pudding. There's no actions that actually show that at the lower levels um, to the masses. And I've come to believe that there are some universe through all this research that I've done and observing these things and falling on my face and having success and then falling far from success, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Um, and going through moments of despair and moments of where I'm just giggling because everything just is going well. 
Um, through all that research, I've come to believe that there are some universally applicable truths or principles that we can use to navigate life and have the, the greatest possible ongoing sense of fulfillment. And these truths, they're hidden in the subtext across all we can see and observe. Whether the person that's explaining this sort of concept is from one of the religions or different societies and geographies, other people from different classes or races, ethnicities or nationalities, what other divisions do we have? Followers of sciences or specific research disciplines, or whether it's different industries or schools of thought, whether it's Eastern thinking or Western thinking and cultures, these unit, these universal truths, and I'll be covered. I'll be, I like to do this. I like to kind of like collect them for you and for myself and bring them in and say, Hey, look how close some of this stuff is. There's a common thread that just keeps showing up. And there's a theme here that doesn't ever go away. So you take what what you want from it, but I don't. I think it's a it's an eternal, universal truth, and it applies to everyone. Um, because it pervades everything. Like it's like a divine hint. If you're willing to look closer, and further, and wider, and have an open mind, and keep connecting the dots for long enough, it's pretty obvious. Like I think of the preamble of the Constitution. We it's it's self evident. I'll give you an example. So it matters how you get there. This is kind of what I'm covering. And that does not mean that there's only one route, but the way of being on the path should be good. Talked about the, the, the way of being that we're trying to cover here. Um, and there's sort of this, this thing that tells you why. It should be good and why you get only get fulfillment if your your way of being on the path is good. Um, there's this, you know, there's the concept of karma in a lot of religions and the theologians might get, say, I totally butchered this um, because they say it's misunderstood. Uh, the way it's used on social media is like instant karma or, oh yeah, there's, there's a good case of karma. Like, you get you, you, you what goes around comes around, right? You treat somebody bad, you're going to get bad treated back. And um, really, what karma is, just so that I'm not screwing this up too badly, is it's this supposed to be this big cosmic mirror that whatever you emit, that gets reflected back. And and so who you are is based on what you do and. In a lot of those religions, they are sort of seeking something like fulfillment called enlightenment and awareness. And, um, but this principle is in everything. There's seeds of it everywhere in the, in the Christianity, it, it comes out as you reap what you sow. Um, and now this is, this is, has different measurement qualities to it where, you know, in some places they're saying you'll get 
it's it's more like Newton's law, right? Third law of motion. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. I don't think it's always equal. I think that there's the things that we do tend to go back out there, get magnified and come back to us in one way or another in a greater outsize effect. And that's part of the reason that I, I'm more of a subscriber to the Christianity side of things where, you know, I, I just have to do my best and then I'll have joy now and to have joy and fulfillment indefinitely. There's a grace element that comes from giving those burdens to Christ and, and God and, and letting them um, take them on and, and, give me this outsized benefit. And you can see it even in, you know, even in that idea of you reap what you sow. If you, if you put a seed in the ground, this tiny little seed, it's not like a tiny seed that comes back. It's not a tiny little plant, the size of the seed that pops up. It's, it can grow into this massive redwood or oak tree or some beautiful plant in that has more beauty than you could have predicted or, or produces more fruit than you ever expected from that tiny little seed. Another another one that's commonality is, is just, he who seeks to save his life shall lose it. It's, it matters how you travel, right? How you treat others. Justice is inevitable is another one. The yin and the yang, kind of that opposing forces or you know, give and get side of things. In... In research science, they call it garbage in, garbage out. You know, if you put junk data in or you have a bad model for how you're doing your research, there's creating bias in the way that you're collecting the data, then you're basically sowing broken seeds. <laughs> and the data and the insights that you get out of it are going to be garbage too, even, the, even if they may look pretty. And I think that's the concept here is that some people may feel like they got away with it and that, that they've, that they're okay. Like they, they cut some corners and it worked out for them, but what did it do to them? <laughs> what did it do to their soul? It's, here's another one, another quote that I like. The winner of the rat race is still a rat. Another, a person who cheats to win is still a loser. How many times have we heard it's not about whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game? And some like the real winners and competitive types are like, I don't know about that. Like it also matters if you win. Um, but that that is the way to win, is is kind of the the irony there is that you won't win unless you play the game right. Trust is in business, they say things like trust is the ultimate currency. They talk about things in economics that like opportunity costs. What are you, that, that no matter what decision you make or don't make, you're always giving up something else. And that could have been better or worse. Even at the level of um, in quantum entanglement, some of this really snooze, very, very new scientific observation that's taken place over just the last year or two, or even just this year, has elements of this in it. Another one, gossip poisons the gossiper. Just because you're the biggest 
this is Jordan Peterson. Just because you are the biggest devil in hell doesn't mean that you have won the game. <laughs> in in Islam, and again, I might butcher this, so please, please forgive me. Um, there's something called Kirafa. And the passage in the Quran that's similar to this is, and whoever does a speck of good in life will see it. And whoever does a speck of evil will see it. That's the Quran uh, 107 through 8. In Judaism, there's something that several believers subscribe to that called Medah, Neged Medah, which is measure for measure, or you know, your fortune and misfortune are based off of your deeds. And really what it comes down to is that actions have consequences. The things we do and the decisions we make or the decisions we don't make, like Rush said, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. They all are going to have an impact somewhere. So everything that we do and every time we treat someone one way or another is going to come back. It's going to bring more into our lives that's good or it will grow into something that's worse. And the thing, the, the reason that people still try to get away with it, and, we, and I, I'm guilty, right? There's things, times that I've, I've just made mistakes and admitted the wrong emotions or actions. Like, I'm not perfect. But the reason that we do this is because we've always thought that it was a straight line, that you do this, you get this. That's not really how it works. You don't get to see the the stuff right away that comes from it. And sometimes it's not like, oh, I did this and didn't get the money. Or it's more like you did this, you got another benefit somewhere else, and it's actually growing in the background based on who it's turned you into as a person and the trajectory that that's put you on. What I'm getting at is that the antidote to certain disappointment and emptiness and perpetual insecurity is being grateful and realizing that you have done nothing on your own. Whether you believe in God or putting it out there in the universe or whatever it is, this is a principle that's real. You put it out there and then there's all these people around you that help you grow it. And they'll be attracted to whether you're putting good or bad out there. And they'll help you grow whichever it is. I believe that there's a higher power that, that does more than any man could ever do. But your community and the, and the different forces and the people that came before you have set this up for you. You did not do it by yourself. And the real excitement of it is seeing the opportunity that lies in front of you is that you get to grow and love and give the gift of helping other people learn that. And that this is not a race and nor are we spectators. It's just a great adventure that we're lucky to be on together. Go get them. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I do appreciate it. And I'd love it if you'd subscribe so that you never miss another show. We'll see you on the next episode.